0: Guys, hey, good morning, man! Welcome to Summit. Is everybody excited to be here today? Anybody fired up? And I'm fired up, excited to be here. I see a lot of I see a lot of new faces today, and uh, man, I want to I want to welcome you. Thank you so much for being here today, first Sunday of August, and we're excited to have you. My name is Mark Holmes. And I'm the lead pastor here at Summit, and uh, and and here's what we want you here's what we want you to know. If you're here today for the very first time or you're a returning guest, you know, you, you consider yourself new, uh, we consider you our VIP, and we are just excited to have you and your family, whoever you brought with you today, we we are just excited to have all of our VIPs here today, doesn't matter if you're new, you've been a couple times, or today's your very first time, you are a very important person here, so somebody, let's welcome all of our VIPs, awesome to have you guys here today, and um. And hey, when you walked in, you should have gotten a connection card for one of our guest service volunteers. If you are here for the very first time or you're new, on that connection card, will you just check the box there, let us know that. And out there in the lobby to the right, that's our welcome area. And uh, we've got a free gift for all of our first and returning guests today. So we'll just exchange that card for the gift. We'll hook you up, man. We really want to take care of you today. We're just excited that you are here Today and uh, Ricky mentioned it, man. Isn't this an amazing work that our VBX, our Extreme Vacation Bible School crew, has done? Let's give it up for them. This is just awesome. This is awesome. And 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 right now, right now, just in case case you didn't know, like if this is your first time and you're like, "What is going on here?" Um, We're we're in the middle of uh, what we are calling VBX—that's Extreme Vacation Bible School. And it uh, started on Friday night. It actually wraps up tonight. And listen, it's just been an amazing time. Last night we had over 100 kids right here. Uh, and we brought a guy in. He was showing like pythons and tarantulas. And it, what's really fun is we, he let those loose and he, they're in the crowd right now. Um, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but so we had a guy bring all kinds of animals. It was awesome. Man, kids are just eating it up. And we are praying that God just really moves in kids' hearts tonight. Uh, but if, hey, if you want to know how serious an investment we think it is to really pour into the next generation, uh, that the next generation would know God and walk with Jesus, this is an example of it right here. I think last night we just averaged over 70 adult volunteers. So over 100 kids, over 70 adult volunteers, that's a lot of people and man I, I'm going to recognize everybody uh, i'm going to try to recognize everybody that I can uh, next week and give you guys a report just to let you know um, but I want to recognize Allison Pratt Allison is right there and she has done a great job and and this is just this is just an amazing uh, thing, and it's just been so cool. People have commented on, on the decorations and the way things have went. It's just been a great time. If you haven't got anything else, you don't know anything else about what's going on at VBS, No, it's been an awesome time, all right? It's been an awesome, 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 awesome time, all right? Um, and hey, let me say one more thing, and then I'm going to dive right in. Uh, I see a lot of new faces today. I've already mentioned that, and we are anticipating uh, the biggest fall that we have ever experienced as a church. Man, I can't wait to share everything that we've got coming for you guys. But here's what I know. As, our, as God grows our church, more people come. Like the video said, that's why we showed those videos. It's easier to get lost in the crowd, isn't it? The bigger the church, the easier to hide. And if you're sitting there in your seat and you're thinking, man, how can I get to know somebody here? How can I build relationships? I'd really like to make some new friends you need to join what we call a life group. Life group signups begin next Sunday, okay? When you walk in, we're going to give everybody information about all the new life groups we're going to have, and it's going to be an amazing time. But just make sure that you're a part of a life group. And if you're new to Summit and you'd love to know, man, what's what's the next step for me? How can I get connected? Right after this service, right here in this corner for 15 minutes, we're going to do an event that we call the VIP event. If you're new to Summit, want to know how to get connected, man, I'd love to meet you for 15 minutes right there at the VIP event, all right? That was a lot of stuff, but I wanted to tell you guys that. I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray because, man, we're uh, launching something that I think God's going to really use today. All right, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for today, and thank you, God, for what we've already experienced. I just love our worship team. I love our volunteers. I love this church, and God, how you're at work. God, thank you for what you're doing, not only in this church, but in so many churches in this region, you are on the move. And God, we confess that what Eastern Kentucky needs is Jesus Christ. We confess, God, that our only hope is not in Washington, it is in you. And it is in no one else. And God, as we begin this new series today called Honest, I pray for help, I pray you'd help us to listen, and I pray you would help us to do exactly what the series is called, to get honest. To get honest about where we are, and who you are, and our need for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we are launching a brand new three-week series called, like I said, like the video said, called Honest. And and let's just be honest. I'm going to be honest over the next three weeks in this series. It is hard to be honest, isn't it? Isn't it hard to be honest. I mean, we, if you're here, you're a parent, you're a grandparent. We teach our kids, we teach our grandkids to be honest, right? F- see if you can finish this phrase for me. Honesty is the best what? Policy. You've heard that apparently, right? Somebody taught you about being honest. We teach our kids, we teach grandkids about being honest. But it is hard, isn't it, to be honest, isn't it? somebody invites you over for dinner and they cook you a meal that is barely edible amen right and they set that food in front of you and you begin to chew on that and you begin to ask god for help you've never prayed in your life but you are asking god to help you right there and then what do they ask you is it good how is it and in that moment let me tell you what you're not honest Right? You're not honest because you look back at them, and this is what you do, isn't it? This is what I do. Maybe it's just me, but this is what a lot of people do. You look back at them, barely edible, but you tell them, it's good. That's awesome. What would you put in this? Because I will never eat it again. It's, right? It's hard to be honest. Somebody looks at you, and they say, how do I look in this outfit? And you know the answer. You know you oh you know the answer. But you know they don't need to know the answer, right? Oh girl, you look good. Mm. Right? Oh you look that that how does, your butt look great in those. Seriously. Wear those every day. Right? It's hard to be honest. Oh my goodness. And then you come into church, and church is one of the hardest places to be honest. Isn't that right? Church is one of the hardest places places, to be honest, because it doesn't matter who you are. You walk up to anybody in church, doesn't matter who they are, how old or whatever, you walk up to anybody in church, ask them, how are you? What's the answer? Fine. Fine. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are we doing? We're all fine. Church is for fine people, right? Because apparently that's how we're all doing. We're all doing fine. How are you doing? Well, if we were honest We might say something different, but what we're going to say is fine. Hey, how are you doing? Well, my kids are driving me so crazy I'm about to start smoking crack, but I'm fine. Doing great. Hey, how's it going? Oh, man, my marriage is awful. I haven't talked to my spouse in a month without a fight, but I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Right? That's what we do in church. Hey, hey, how's it going? Oh, man, how's it going? Listen, brother, God is faithful. God is a provider. I can't find a job, and I'm selling all of my organs on Craigslist, but God is faithful. Right? Isn't that what we do? It is hard to be honest, especially in church. Because there's this, this constant temptation to dress up our lives so that it sounds prettier Than it is. And so, what I want to do over the next three weeks, what my goal is, and what I've been praying that God would do in these next three weeks, is I've been praying that God would help us to see that if there's ever been a place where we have the freedom to be honest, it's right here. It's right here among God's people in the church. And if there's ever been anyone that we have the freedom to be honest with, it's God. Because listen, I want to say to everybody today, and maybe you're here, you don't believe in God, you're, you're kind of kicking the tires on this whole spirituality thing, or maybe you've been a Christian for decades. I don't care where you're at on the spirituality scale, God is not threatened by anyone's doubts in the room this morning. God is not intimidated by anyone's questions today. God is not stepping back from anyone's emotions today. What we're going to do over the next three weeks is we're going to learn how to connect who, where we are to who God is. We're, we're going to discover how to connect where we are, no matter where we are. If you're in the darkest place you've ever been or if you're in the best place that you've ever been, we need to learn, I need to learn how to connect where I am to who God is, and that's what we're going to learn in this series, because every week in this series, we're going to be in the biggest book of the Bible, and that's the book of Psalms. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and open up to the book of Psalms. Now, if you're new to the Bible, Psalms is easy to find. If you open it up in the middle, literally, you're going to hit it, because Psalm, like I said, the biggest book, there's 150 chapters, okay? So go ahead and open up your Bible, excuse me, open it up. Turn it on. Whatever you need to do. We're going to be in the book of Psalms today and, uh, and actually for the next two weeks looking at some different Psalms in the book of Psalms. And this is the largest book in the Bible. And here's what you need to know. The book of Psalms was actually the very first song book the church ever had. A lot of the psalms that are in the book of Psalms, the early church actually sang them word for word. I don't know, we don't know what those songs sounded like. We don't know what the tune was or anything like that. But this was the first song book that the church had. And see, just like every kind of music, you know, in music there's different genres. You know what I'm saying? Different, different styles of music. Any heavy metal fans in the crowd today? Anybody, just raise your hand right now. Woo! Right? All three of us. Rap fans, raise your hand, rap fans, rap, anybody, none, I just think some of, it's honest, honest. the series is called Honest, all right, come on, some of you behind closed doors, thug life, baby, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, I know how you roll, R&B fans, anybody, anybody, don't act like you don't turn turn that on when you, oh girl, come here, yeah, that's right, yeah, I know, I know, right, see, in Psalms there's different genres, there's some Thanksgiving Psalms, There's some celebration psalms, and here's where we're going to be in the next three weeks. There's also a genre in the book of Psalms called the Psalms of Lamentations. You know the word lament? That's where it comes from. There's there's psalms in the book of Psalms called Psalms of Lamentations, and here's what we're all going to notice over the next three weeks. These are real, these are raw, and these are honest. Hey, what would happen if we stopped pretending And started to be honest. Because if we were honest today, I'm convinced there's a lot of people in the room. If you were honest right now, you would look at me and you'd say, Mark, you know what? If I'm honest, I'm not doing well. I'm telling people that I'm fine and I look fine, but I am not doing well. And the reason that you're not doing well is because you are carrying something that the Bible calls, and the Bible uses one word to talk about it over and over and over, but the reason that a lot of us aren't doing well right now is because we're carrying what the Bible calls a burden. You know what a burden is? A burden, a lot of times, a burden is something that you can't see. Sometimes you can, most of the time, though, you can't. But it's still real. And the thing about a burden is it's heavy and you take it with you wherever you go. In fact, some of you brought it in here today. Some of you came to church with your burden. Don't look at your spouse. I'm not talking about them. Some of you walked in here today with your burden. Some of you, the burden that you're carrying, it just feels like a weight on your back. You walked in and the burden that you're carrying is stress. And and you can just feel it weighing on you. You just feel a little heavier. I mean, if somebody walked up to you and asked where you live, what you would love to say is, my address is stress. My zip code is stress. I am just constantly stressed out about that deadline. School starts this week. Some of you didn't know that. You just got stressed. You're welcome. Right? School starts. You're stressed about school, you're stressed about that meeting, you're stressed whether or not you're going to get in to that school, and you're just stressed out. And the thing about stress, have you ever noticed that stress never shuts up? Never. It always talks. It never gives you a day off. Stress constantly says, I don't know if this is going to work out. I don't know if we're going to be okay. I don't know if I'm going to fa- pass this test. I don't know if I'm going to make, make this deadline. And the burden that's weighing you down today is stress. Others of you, the burden that's weighing you down, some kind of situation. It's some kind of situation that, that for some of you, you're in right now. And for some of you, it was a situation that you were in years ago, but you still carry the burden of that situation with you. Maybe it's a burden of a relationship gone bad, and you hope that would be in your life forever. Maybe, maybe it's the burden of a situation that didn't even happen to you, but it happened to someone close to you. Why did it happen to them? They were too young. They were in their prime. They had everything ahead of them. Why did that happen to them? And the burden that is just weighing you down, that's always there on your shoulder, you are constantly carrying it, is that situation. Others of you, it's not stress and It's not a situation. Others of you, though, you're carrying around the burden of shattered expectation. And you've got this burden of shattered expectation where you thought life was going to go one way and it's not going that way at all. In fact, it's went in the complete opposite direction than you anticipated. You wanted to be married, and then you got married, and the marriage is barely together, if at all. And that's not what you had planned. You wanted to have kids and things haven't gone the way that you planned. Or you've had kids and things haven't gone the way that you've planned. Or you're here today and you're a teenager. And you've got friends and you look at the way their families interact and you envy their, their relationships with their family because you know that in your house, even though you're a teenager, what you expected was your parents to provide for you and your parents to care for you. You expected your parents to be adults, but if you were honest, you're the adult in the house and you're carrying the burden of that shattered expectation. You don't even want to go home today. Why? Because of shattered expectation and the burden that's on you. For a lot of us in the room right now, this is how we look. Just all kinds of burdens. And we walked in today carrying all of these burdens. What do you do when you're weighed down with burdens? And if you were honest, you'd have to admit, I'm not doing well. Psalm 55. If you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open it up, turn it on to Psalm 55. 55, Psalm 55, and we're going to see three things today that God has for us when those burdens, no matter what the burden is today, no matter what your burden is, some of you, you, some of you, it's not that you're not carrying a burden, so you're listening to this thinking, oh, I don't have a burden. It isn't that you don't have one, it's just simply that you've learned how to live with it. You've learned how to cope with the burden. In your head, you've started to say, it's always going to be this way. You've learned how to get your to-do list done, carrying the burden. So it isn't that you don't have one, you've just learned to cope with it. What do you do when the burden is heavy, and if you're honest, you're not doing well? Well, the first thing that we need to see that God would want us to know today is that life pulls no punches. Life pulls no punches. I want to read the first eight verses of Psalm 55, verse 8. Look at these verses with me. And watch how honest this is, man. Honest language. That's why I love the Bible. If you're new to the Bible and you think, all oh, the Bible is so superficial, I challenge that you've probably only heard about the Bible, you've never read it yourself. The Bible is not superficial. It's real, it's raw, and honest. Watch this, and I'll show you. Psalm 55. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint, and I moan because of the noise of the enemy. Because of the oppression of the wicked. For they drop trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. Watch these next set of verses. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wonder far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find the shelter from the, ra- from the raging wind and tempest. Did you hear how honest that is? Here's the guy, he looks at God and he says, God, if I'm honest right now, I would run away from it all. God, I'm stressed. I'm over my head. I'm confused. I don't know what's next. I am not doing well. And for the Christian that's in the audience. For the Christian that's in the audience, and you're hearing this, you're reading this, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, that guy just needs to trust God more. Oh, well, that guy just needs to pray more. That guy that wrote that, that said that, is David. That guy is the guy that the Bible calls a man after God's own heart. Now, was David perfect? No, but David knew God. And David walked with God, and here he is in the middle of a situation where David says, man, I've got some burdens in my life. We're going to see that word in a second. I'm carrying some stuff, and I just wish I could run away from it all. And I bet somebody in the room feels the exact same way. See, if it happened to David, it'll happen to me, and it'll happen to you. But the thing about it is, we don't think it'll happen to us, do we? We don't think it will happen to us. Because here's what people say to me all the time. Mark, why did this happen to me? I was going to church. Mark, why did this happen to me? I was reading my Bible. Mark, why did this happen to me? I was giving. I was serving. Why did this happen to me? I was doing everything right. Listen, life pulls no punches. Life doesn't hold back. Life doesn't look at anybody and say, oh, wait a second. You go to church? Well, then I'll make sure you get the best parking spots at Walmart. Wait a whoa, whoa, you're a Christian? I'll make sure that people always drive 55, drive the speed limit in 55, not 35 in a 55. I'll make sure that nobody cuts you off. I'll make sure that everything goes your way. You're a Christian? I didn't know. Where do we get the idea that if you're a Christian, you get a pass on pain? I know the answer. We get the idea that Christians get a pass on pain from other Christians. Especially Christians on TV have their own private jet blinged out and said, Jesus died so that you can be blinged out too. And their wife's next to them with big purple hair, and when they cry, mascara runs like they lost a paintball fight. Right? And we love those people. Why? Because we wish that was true. We wish God was the genie in the bottle, and if we rubbed him the right way, Christina, oh, you gotta, you got to go back for that one. Respect, people. Respect. Some of, you, some of you didn't get that, and I promise Jesus still loves you. I promise he does. But some of us are just more blessed, right? But we just get the idea. Here's where we get the We get the idea that Christians get a pass on pain because somewhere along the way, we started to think that God's main goal for our lives is that we would be happy. God's main goal for my life and for your life is not that we would be happy. God doesn't exist for our happiness. God exists for his own glory. Not to make much of me, but to make much of him. And God's biggest goal for our lives is to make us like Jesus. Because a lot of times what will make us happy can take us away from Jesus. And so so this idea that Christians get a pass on pain, it's not in the Bible. Life pulls no punches. Life won't Hold back, we can say it this way: the same thing that happens to everybody else will happen to you, Christian. See God never promises, promises us a pass on pain. What God does promise us though is that when pain comes, he will walk with us through the pain amen that 's exactly why psalm twenty three says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me god there 's going to be some times when I walk through some dark stuff, and when I do. You are with me. Why? Because life pulls no punches. Second thing we need to see when the burden is heavy, and if we're honest, we're not doing well, is that our burdens can crush us or change us. Our burdens that we're carrying, those burdens can crush us or they can change us. See, in every one of these psalms of lamentations that we're going to be in in this series, what happens is the psalmist, whoever wrote them, and sometimes it's David, Moses, sometimes it's some other people, but whoever wrote them, here's how it typically works. They look at their situation, and eventually there's a pivot. There's a pivot so that they go from looking at their situation to looking at God. So they look at their situation, and then they say, but, and then they look at God. Let me show you one. Look at verse 16. It's going to show up on the screen there behind me. Psalm 55 verse 16 says this, but there it is. Here's the pivot. I've looked at my situation. I'm honest about it. Now I'm going to look at God, but I call to God and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning, And at noon, I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety from the battle that I wage. for many are arrayed against me. God will give ear and humble them, he who is enthroned from of old, because they do not change and do not fear God. So he's honest about his situation, and then he says, but God. See, his situation hasn't changed at all when he does that. When he makes that pivot of looking at his situation and then he begins to look at God, his situation hasn't changed. And see, even though our circumstances change, God doesn't change. So what we need, what we need to understand, here's what we need to understand. See, God is sovereign. Now, if you're new to church, if you're new to the whole Bible deal, sovereign is a really churchy word that just simply means God is in total control of everything. But because God is in total control of everything, that doesn't mean that you and I can look at every burden that comes into our life and say, God gave me this burden. Because sometimes the burdens that come into our lives, they come into our lives because of decisions that other people make. Or they come into our lives because of decisions that we make, if we're honest enough. So we can't look at every burden in our life and say God gave me that burden. But here's what we can say. We can say that God is in control of that burden. Meaning that this burden, whatever the burden you walked in here today, if you are in Christ, that burden will not get the last word over your life. God is in control of that burden. And at the end of the day, that burden answers to Jesus. That's who it answers to. But God can allow a burden to come into our lives because God wants to use that burden to strengthen our faith. Let me show you how this works. Look at James chapter 1. It's going to be up here on the screen, I believe, here in just a second. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kind, for you know that the testing of your faith, burden, burden, For you know that the burdens you carry, the testing of your faith, produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. This is exactly, I love verse 23, it's in Psalm 55, it says this, But you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. See, God never intends for the burden that we're carrying to crush us. God wants the burden to change us so that that burden, He uses it in our lives to strengthen our faith. So that burden that you're carrying today, that burden that you walked in here today, I don't care what it is, are you going to make the decision to let that burden crush your faith or are you going to make the decision to let that burden be the thing that changes you into the person that God wants you to be? Are you going to let that burden drive you away from God and destroy your faith? Or are you going to let that burden drive you to God and build up your faith? Because see, in the midst of the burden, the more that we look away from the burden and we look to Jesus, we can be changed in the midst of the burden so that even though we're carrying the burden, we can become worshipers in the midst of the burden as we look away from the burden and we look to Jesus by faith. Because God doesn't want the burden to crush you, He wants it to change you. And that's number three. Number three, last thing we need to see if we're honest and we're not doing well, and Mark, I'm carrying this burden and things are weighing me down, what do I do? We need to realize life pulls no punches. The world is broken, sin is broken, the world just comes into our lives. You can be walking with God, you might not know God at all, it just comes into our lives, and broken, and those burdens, God doesn't want those burdens to crush you. God wants those burdens to change you. But here's what we need to see. We need to see that God wants to carry what I can't carry. God wants to carry what I can't carry. Key to the whole thing is verse 22. Look at verse 22 with me. It's on the screen. It says, cast your burden on the Lord. Cast your burden. Throw your burden. Give your burden to the Lord. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. So God says, hey, that burden that you're carrying, I want you to take that burden, and I want you to give that burden to me. See, God is speaking to our tendency of trying to carry things that are too heavy for us to carry. Anybody do that? I do. Try to carry things that are too heavy for me. Um, I remember in high school, I remember in high school, I took weightlifting, took one semester, figured I didn't need it anymore, did what I needed to do, and I Quit. Quit. I remember in in weightlifting in high school, I remember our teacher, one of the very first things he taught us, before we even lifted any weights, like before we lifted weights for five seconds and then went to the mirror and flexed for 20, high school guys know what I'm talking about, Um, before we touched a weight, he taught us about the importance of having a spotter. You know what a spotter is, don't you? A, A spotter is somebody that's supposed to be there with you the entire time you're working out and they take the pressure off. The the weight that's on you that you can't lift off of you, the the purpose of the spotter is that they're lifting the weight off you. And they're supposed to work out with you the whole time. Now, in high school weightlifting, we didn't have a spotter with us the whole time. So what they told us to do was, guys, if you need a spotter, just yell. And by the time that we were needed, by the time we needed to yell, it was too late. So all you heard in high school weightlifting was, ah! Right? That's all you heard. But the purpose of the spotter was supposed to come to you. You had weight on you that you could not lift off of you and the spotter came and got the weight off. And God says, when, when he says, I want you to cast your burden onto me, I want you to throw your burden, take that thing too heavy for you, take that thing that's too heavy for you to carry, that you've been trying to carry, you've been trying to scheme how to get a way out of it, you've been trying to plan a way out of it, you've been trying to figure a way out of it. Take that thing that is too heavy for you that you're trying to carry and throw it onto God. Throw it onto God because God wants to carry what you and I can't carry. God says just take that weight. Every time that burden comes into your mind, throw it onto God. Every time that burden wakes you up at night, throw it onto God. Throw it onto God in prayer. Throw it onto God in prayer. And not, cut, not, not dressing it up prayer, not religious fake prayer, but real psalm lamentation prayer. God, I am dying. I am not doing well. We are not going to make it. Some Christians, your faith is so small, you can't even imagine thinking that way. I've talked to so many Christians who can't even look at a situation and call it bad. Some of you are in a situation right now, and there's no lying about it. It's a bad spot. It is awful. You are backed into a corner. And what you need to do when you're backed into a corner, you need to get honest with God and go to God and say, God, I am not doing well. I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I can walk with you. I can't carry this on my own. And so we take that burden, and God says, throw that burden onto him. And God says, every time that burden comes to your mind, you just take that burden and you throw it on him. And when it comes back into your mind, you pick it up again and you throw it on him. And you pick it up again and you throw it on him. Because God is stronger than me. And God is stronger than you. Have you noticed that God has broad shoulders? And God can handle what I can't handle. And God can handle what you can't handle. Throw it onto God in prayer. Hey, you want to know how to cast a burden on the Lord? Share what your burden is with God's people. Because listen, you and I, we were never made to do life alone. Next week, we're going to launch life group signups, and here's what I want to say to you. Make the decision right now to get connected and join a life group. We're going to have more life groups this semester than we've ever had, and the reason for that is because you were not made to do life alone. You need people in your life who can encourage you, who can help keep you going, who can run the race with you. So make the decision right now. Mark, I'm busy. We're all busy. There isn't anybody in this room today that's looking at their calendar saying, I ain't got much to do. We're all busy, but you need to make the decision. Make the commitment. I'm going to get connected because on my own is not a good place. And cast that burden onto God's people and watch them lift you up. Watch them pray for you. Watch them text message you and just to check on you or send you a Facebook message to encourage you. You and I were not made to do life alone and cast that burden onto God. And if you're listening to me, And if you're thinking, I've tried that, and it doesn't work. I've tried to throw burdens onto God, and I'm still struggling with those burdens. This doesn't work. If you're listening to this and you're convinced this doesn't work, then life will take you down. Because you don't cast a burden onto God one time and then it's over. You You cast it, and 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 you cast it. And did you notice that there was a promise with this? That God says, when you throw that burden onto me, when you take that burden and you throw what's too strong, too big for you, throw it onto me so that I can handle it, there's a promise with this. And look at the promise that God said. I think it's right there. It says, he will never permit the righteous to be moved. When you take that burden and you throw it onto God, God makes the promise that in the midst of the burden, God will never permit the righteous, those who have a relationship with him, He will never permit them to be moved. And that's a hard thing to understand, but the image that God's trying to paint is that sometimes life is like a storm, isn't it? And it's hard to keep the boat floating, and you feel like it's going to sink, and you feel like the wind is going to take you down, and you feel like the rain is just going to take you out, and you're convinced that your boat's going down. And God is saying that for every single Christian, in the midst of the storm, He is the anchor. In the middle of the storm, he is the anchor that will keep you from being swept away. That's why today, it doesn't matter what your burden is, it doesn't matter if, if it is shattered expectation or stress, or it doesn't matter if it is a disease. It doesn't matter if it is fear. It doesn't matter what your burden is. God says, throw that onto me. And as you throw that onto me, you'll experience my peace. And in Christ, that burden will not get the last word over your life. Because even with the burden on you in Jesus, you are more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. So God says, give me that burden. I wonder what you walked in here today carrying. Because if we're honest, I bet there's a lot of people in the room and you've been trying to carry something that's too heavy for you to carry. And so right now, in this room, in this place, we're going to take an opportunity. We're going to seize a moment. We're going to symbolically throw on to God what's too heavy for us. That's why when you came in today, you received just a blank index card. Why don't you just go ahead and take that card right now. Go ahead and take it out. Go ahead and grab it. Maybe you didn't get one of these. Go ahead and take your connection card. Just go ahead and grab that card right now. And maybe you have never shared what your burden is. Maybe you have never told somebody what your burden is. And today, together... We're going to throw those burdens onto God. Because here's what, I, here's what I want you to know. The cross of Jesus Christ is an anchor. The cross of Jesus Christ is an anchor that in the middle of the storm, you can go to. And when you go to the cross and cling to the cross, clinging to what Jesus did, that burden, even though it's heavy, it'll never sweep you away. And so today, together, we're going to cast a burden onto God and so I want you to take this card that you were given and I don't want your name on it this would be absolutely anonymous so that you can be as honest as you need to be and whatever your burden is I want you to write it down on this card go ahead and start to write right now some of you the thing that you need to write on this card is I am scared of my future I don't know if God is going to heal me. I don't know if financially we're going to make it. Some of you, what you need to write on this card is my marriage is struggling. Some of you need to take this card and you need to write, I don't know what to do about my teenager. Some teenager needs to write on this card, I don't know what to do about my parents. I don't know if I'm going to live to tomorrow. Some of you need to write on this card and honestly say, I don't want to live tomorrow. I am not in a good place. I want you to take that pen. And I want you to take this card, and I want you to be as honest as you possibly can, and write down your burden on this card. And I want you to take that card, and in just a minute, we're going to stand for closing prayer, and I'm going to lead us, and there's a cross right here. And the reason there's a cross right here is because the cross is an anchor. And every time I go to the cross, even though I feel like I'm moved, I will not be moved. Because in the midst of the storm, the cross stands. And we're going to stand for closing prayer. And as soon as I say amen, I want you to take your card. It doesn't matter if you're in the back. It doesn't matter where you're seated. Your neighbor will let you come to the front. You just walk up here, and what you're doing is you are symbolically casting your your burden onto God. I want you to take your card and that burden that you've written, and I just want you to come up here and lay it at the foot of the cross to symbolically say, God, this is my burden, and I cannot carry it, but you can. Some of you, the burden that you need to give to God today is your sin for the very first time. And God's been speaking to you today and you didn't anticipate this, but all of a sudden you know that you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you are here today and you are not saved, you're not a Christian, and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, if you don't have a genuine relationship with Him, then right now, today, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, then we will be saved. And today, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus right there where you sit, you need to ask God in prayer, say, God, forgive me for my sin. Save me. And He promises to do it. Today, you can begin a relationship with Jesus Christ so that no matter what you go through in the darkest valley you ever endure, you will never go through that valley alone because Jesus is with you. I want you to stand with me right now for closing prayer. Everybody in the room, let's stand. God, right now a lot of us need courage because so many times in these moments we know you've you've led us to make a move. We know you've led us to do something. We know there's something we need to do. There's something we need to, to, to decide upon. There's some action that needs to be taken and then we start to think, well, what if people see me? What will people think about me? God, that's a burden in the way. It's a burden in the way of what you want to do right now. So God, I pray for courage in this room. I pray for power in this room. I pray for honesty in this room. Because Jesus, if we were honest, we would admit that we are all broken. And we all have a burden. Because Jesus, you died for all of us. And the very fact that you died for all of us shows that what we all need is a Savior. God, for those people who've come in today and they're standing there and they're weighed down, I pray that today would be a symbolic act of them beginning to cast that burden onto you over and over throughout the day. Every time it comes into their mind, they're going to throw it onto you. When it wakes them up, they're going to throw it onto you. God, I pray that today would be a step of you growing our faith collectively as a church and individually, God, where we would say that in the middle of the storm, we have an anchor. Carrying the burden, we have an anchor. And his name is Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Right now, you come. Right now, I want you to take that card that you wrote, and I want you to come up here and just drop it at the foot of the cross. You go back to the seat. Come on, right now. People are moving right now. People are moving right now. This is worth it. Say, oh, there's so many people. I know. It's awesome. You come. Come right now. Come right now. You continue to come. You keep coming. And we're throwing that burden. Say, God, this is too heavy for me. God, I cannot do this on my own. God, this is too much. The anxiety is too strong. There's too much shame in my past. I got too much stuff I'm fighting. I cannot carry this. If you are needy, you come. If you are broken, you come. If you're weighed down, you come. Come you cast that burden and you drop that card, say, God, I need you to carry this. I need your strength right now. And make your way back to your seat after you do that, please. As people are coming, church, aren't you thankful that we've got a God who is strong enough to bear all of these burdens? Aren't you thankful? Man, I'm thankful for that. Let's give God praise this morning. We're coming to say, God, this is a burden for me. Maybe you've already went back to your seat. Why why not in prayer you just get honest with God right now about that burden? Why don't you right there in your seat as you went back to your seat just get real with God, say, God, I'm not doing well. God, this is hard. I don't know what to do. I'm confused. Just get honest with God in your seat about the burden. So many people have come. So many people have come today throwing their burdens to God. And church, let me tell you, it doesn't end here. It doesn't end here. It starts here. But I want you to know today, as we're about to dismiss in just a few moments, that no matter what the burden you're bearing is, God is strong. And he looks at you in the midst of the burden and says, throw that on me. Get honest, get real, throw that on me. Would you pray with me one more time? Dear Jesus, right now, We just confess collectively that we need you. And I thank you that your Holy Spirit, just like we sang about earlier, your Holy Spirit is right here. Thank you for the truth that we sang, that God, you reach down into the pit and you lift us out. You lift us out of the burden. You lift us out of the confusion. And you are the anchor in the storm. And God, right now while we're praying, I pray for anybody in this room that doesn't have a relationship with you. I pray that today, before they leave, they would make the decision to have you in their life. God, show them that they're not strong enough. Show them they don't need to try to figure this one out anymore, that you want to figure it out, that you want to carry them. With every head bowed and with every eye closed, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you need to do that right now. Because God wants to be honest with you, no matter who you are, and tell you that you are loved by Him. You're loved so much that Jesus Christ died for you. Died for everything you've ever done, all you'll ever do, all you've ever said and thought, everything that anyone's ever done to you. He took it all so that you could have all of him right now. And if you are here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, but you're there today and you say, Mark, today I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to start a relationship with him. I want you to pray this prayer with me silently right there where you're standing. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I give my life to you today. Help me to live for you with all that I am from this moment forward. Jesus, I love you. Thank you for dying for me. You are my Lord and you are my Savior. In your name. Amen. No one looking around. No one looking around. Did you just pray that prayer? Did you just ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and save you? Today, do you want want to start a relationship with Jesus? If that's you today, if God is speaking to you, telling you, you need to be saved, I'm going to count to three, and as soon as I count to three, as soon as I say three, I want you to raise your hand high in the air to simply indicate, Mark, today I'm giving my life to Jesus Will you pray for me? One, two, three. Raise it right now. If today you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's a hand right here. Anybody else? Raise your hand high into the air. Raise that hand. If you are here today, God bless you for raising those hands. If you are here today and you are making that decision, I want you to look at me for just a minute. Not moving, but I want you to look at me. Listen, you just made the biggest decision of your life. I'm so excited for you, fired up for you. But here's what I want you to do. On your way out, back there, there are Bibles and a green book we've we've got called Seek First. Take that before you leave. You don't even have to ask for it. There are people back there with it. Just grab those. If you've got your connection card, on the back of that, there's a box that says, I gave my life to Christ. Check that. Because we just want to help you in the new relationship with Jesus that you just started. It's awesome. God, we thank you that you are so great. You can take our sin, you can take our doubts and our fears and our honesty. It doesn't threaten you, doesn't scare you or intimidate you. You want it on you. You are strong. You are greater. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Summit, let's celebrate today all that God has done. Wow, that's awesome. Man, it's awesome. It's awesome. It fires me up, gets me juiced, gets me pumped to see people make the decision and give their lives to Jesus. Is that awesome? Man, Let's never be a church where that gets boring. Amen? Amen? Amen. That's why we do what we do. I love that we came today and we cast those burdens onto God. Guys, next week, part two. And listen, next week, this is going to be for a lot of you. Maybe somebody you, knew, you know next week we're, we're talking about, if I'm honest, I'm mad at God. Don't miss it. Hey, first-time guests, turn those cards in. Love to connect with you today. If you want to stick around for the VIP event, You're new. You'd love to know what your next step is here at Summit. Right here, 15 minutes is all it's going to take. Love to meet you today. Guys, you're dismissed. See you next Sunday.